Uh, AT&T has a, a very big stick. Now, some of these areas in North Auburn that we wanted to serve, they didn't particularly want to serve them, but they didn't want Opelika to serve them either, and we were willing and able to do that. Welcome to Episode 389 of the Community Broadband Bits Podcast from the Institute for Local Self-Reliance. I'm Lisa Gonzalez. The last time Mayor Gary Fuller from Opelika, Alabama was on the podcast was 2013. He came on to talk about his city's exciting new designation as the state's first gigabit community. A lot has happened since then. They deployed to the entire city and sought to expand to nearby Auburn, but Alabama state restrictions prevented them from serving the city just a few miles away. After multiple attempts to change the state law, all thwarted by dozens of lobbyists from incumbent AT&T, community leaders in Opelika realized that the best option was to privatize the network, which they did in 2018. Mayor Fuller is back on the show this week, and though you don't hear them in the interview, he's accompanied by Derek Lee, Director of Opelika Power Services, and Joey Motley, City Administrator. The mayor who spearheaded the project and led the community shares the Opelika story. He describes why the town decided they needed to bring some internet access competition to town, the challenges they faced, and the details behind the sale. For more on Opelika's story, go back to podcast episode 40 from April of 2013 and check out our coverage on muninetworks.org. Now here's Christopher talking with Mayor Gary Fuller from Opelika, Alabama. Welcome to another episode of the Community Broadband Bits Podcast. I'm Chris Mitchell at the Institute for Local Self-Reliance up in a, a rather chilly Minneapolis this morning. And I'm speaking with Mayor Fuller from Opelika, Alabama. Welcome back to the show, Mayor Fuller. Hey, great to be with you, Chris. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I think you were on seven years ago when when you were working on this project. You came on with the folks that were advising you on it, and and we had a, a wonderful discussion. And now I'm looking to to close the loop and learn about everything that's happened in between. Uh, but why don't why don't we start by just if for folks who haven't been to Opelika, aren't familiar with it, um, you know, I guess I should note that we're about to be rivals. And I think when this show airs, we will learn whether Auburn beat Minnesota or if Minnesota. Um, pulls the upset in the New Year's Day uh, bowl game. But uh, as I recall, you're an Alabama fan anyway, so um, probably not that big of a deal. <laughs> yeah, I am an Alabama fan, but let me tell you what, I'll be pulling for Auburn when they play Minnesota. <laughs> and the Golden Gophers are not accustomed to SEC-style football, and uh, Auburn's pretty good. Obviously, they beat Alabama, and uh, so we expect it to be a great game between two great schools with Minnesota and with Auburn University. That's right. And as people are listening now, they'll they'll know that hopefully it was a good game and, and not a blowout. <laughs> so, um, But tell us a little bit more. So, so Opelika is right next to Auburn, but for people who aren't aware, how big is it? What, what sort of stuff do you all do down there? There are two major cities in Lake County. Uh, Opelika and Auburn uh, comprise a metropolitan uh, statistical reporting area, metro. And uh, there's about 165,000 in the metro. City of Opelika has, we think the new census will show us a little over 30,000. City of Auburn has about 60,000. Then they have uh, 25,000 students at Auburn University. And some of those are counted in the census and some are not. Uh, we are next door to each other. Our western city limits and Auburn's eastern city limits touch. We, we do compete with one another in sports, high school sports in particular. Uh, but 
the two communities are really joined at the hip. We have folks that live in Opelika that work in Auburn and vice versa. Uh, folks that live in Auburn that shop in Opelika and vice versa. But uh, Auburn University is the largest employer in Lee County. And then the second largest employer is East Alabama Medical Center, which is located in Opelika. Uh, Opelika is the county seat of Lee County. We're located in East Central Alabama. We're about 30 minutes from Columbus, Georgia and Fort Benning. We're uh, an hour and 15 minutes from Atlanta's Hartsville Airport. We're less than an hour to the state capitol in Montgomery. So uh, that's where we're where we're located and uh, our geographics. Uh, Opelika is a town that uh, is known as an old railroad town because Back in the old days, there were two railroad lines. We still have two railroad lines, one that runs east-west, the other that runs north-south, and they intersect in Opelika. And back in the days of cotton and uh, that type of agriculture, uh, Opelika was really a bustling community because of the railroad. And uh, we still have the railroad, but we've we've advanced uh, since then. And of course, a lot of our goods and services now are transported by Interstate Highway, which I-85 runs through Opelika, and we have five exits uh, to Interstate 85. In, in in 2012, then you to to fast forward from the railroads to the the modern commerce, uh, you built the the citywide fiber network, which at the time you were you're the first gigabit city in Alabama. So tell me a little bit more about why you got into that business through your uh, municipal electric utility. And, and it's important, Chris, for folks to understand that the citizens of Opelika have owned Opelika Power for over a hundred years, and uh, that has. Uh, been a wonderful thing, not only for our citizens, but for business and for commerce to have public power. And those rates are substantially less than the investor-owned utilities. But we we had one internet cable TV provider at that time in Opelika, and that was Charter, which is now known as Spectrum. They had then the absolute worst customer service in America. <laughs> And I called them out on this a number of times. Apparently, they were not very embarrassed because they didn't do anything about it to make it better. We tried to recruit uh, someone to come in and compete with Charter. City of Auburn had a, the same issue that Opelika had. They had one provider, and that being Charter. Predatory pricing, if you lived in Montgomery or Columbus, Georgia, which both had Charter, but they also had other providers, the rates were substantially lower than they were in Opelika and in Auburn. So the first thing we wanted to do was to create competition for charter. Then the other thing that we wanted to do was to be able to fully deploy our smart grid and be able to have real-time communications with the meters on the side of your house or on, on, at your business. So you need fiber in order to, to do that. And it also is a great help in the event of an outage on being able to restore service to those power customers. So we wanted to do two things, create competition for charter and then to fully deploy smart grid. So we embarked upon this adventure of building a fiber network. For a long time, I thought it was about 400 miles. Derek Lee tells me it's actually about 350 miles. 
but we wired the entire corporate limits of Opelika without regard to there being 30 households per mile. Didn't matter if they were 10 or 5 or 1, we wired the entire city and we didn't cherry pick the affluent neighborhoods. We went to all part of Opelika with, with fiber. So uh, now prior to doing this, we had a referendum by the city council because the, the uh, telecom law that was written in Alabama back in 2000 uh, said that someone could uh, petition to have a referendum. So before Charter or anyone else petitioned for a, rec a referendum, we petitioned ourselves. In fact, Derek Lee circulated the petition. I was one of the first to sign it. I think we had the required signatures within 24 hours calling for a referendum. And we wanted the people to be involved in making the decision to invest the kind of money that we were going to invest. And of course, the, the support was overwhelming. Now, we had some uh, naysayers, and uh, we suspect they were uh, encouraged by Charter or the telecommunications uh, business in Alabama to oppose it. And they, they opposed it saying no to smart grid, that that was a bad thing. Uh, we had a public hearing and, and folks came and talked. And we had uh, one lady that said, uh, I know why y'all doing this smart meter. You want to look inside my bedroom. But I explained to the woman that that meter on the side of her house was going to do the same thing that a meter had always done, and that's to measure her consumption so we can send her a bill. The advantage of a smart meter is for us to have real-time communications with it so that we can turn the meter on or off without having to dispatch personnel to do that, and then in the event of an outage to be able to get it back on. So the, the uh, citizens approved it, and then that's when we embarked on building the fiber system. And then uh, we also built a new facility for Opelika Power Services, which included a uh, head-in building. So uh, we did all that at about the same time. And much of much of the story will sound familiar to uh, listeners of the show who have heard many cities that have gone through similar things. But um, what makes you a, a bit different is how you ended up in that uh, last year um, in twenty. Well, technically in twenty eighteen, as as we're airing this as the, our first show of twenty twenty. The uh, you decided to sell the network to Point Broadband, a a private company. So uh, if we we'll, we'll come back and talk about the intervening years a bit and in, in your experiences. But I'm I'm curious what led you to decide to privatize the uh, the, the fiber optic telecommunication services. We from the get go knew that we wanted to expand our territory, and that we wanted to go beyond the Opelika corporate limits. And in order to do that, the state law that was written back in 2000 said that we could only serve the corporate limits of the city of Opelika. We had people in Auburn right across the street from a, city, a home in Opelika that um, we could have had them hooked up within an hour or so to our network but we were not allowed to uh, go beyond our city limits. So we, uh, Senator Tom Whiteley, we have 30 state senators, uh, brought, it, brought a bill to the uh, legislature in 2015 
We could not get it out of committee. He brought the same bill in 2016. We could not get it out of committee. In 2017, Senator Watley brought a bill and Representative Joe Lovern in the House, Alabama House, we could not get either one out of committee for a vote on the floor. In 2017, when we thought we had the best chance, AT&T hired, according to reliable sources, they hired 26 lobbyists to work against little old Opelika. And I understand that they invested something around a million dollars to make sure that we were not successful. Uh, AT&T has a, a very big stick. And uh, now some of these areas in North Auburn that we wanted to serve, they didn't particularly want to serve them, but they didn't want Opelika to serve them either, and we were willing and able to do that. So after after we lost that battle in 2017, we we waved the white flag and said we're not ever going to be able to um, get out of these handcuffs that that we're under that really restricted our ability to expand our territory. So that's when we started looking to try to do something different. And Mayor Fuller, I just want to jump in because I had I have a quote I wanted to share uh, from State Senator Tom Watley, who um, I, I think I think it's worth noting is is a Republican. A lot of your state, obviously Republican, and so um, this isn't something. This is partisan. This is is really about um, that that power of AT and T. Um, but but one of the things that he said in, in 2017 was. I 100% support private industry to supply these services, but private companies have made business decisions not to serve part of my district. When that happens, I'm not going to tell those areas that they need to accept it. They need to do what they need to do to get serviced. The Opelika Internet Bill would allow that. And so, like you said, he was a real champion for you and the rest of the legislature um, decided um, not to follow his lead on that, unfortunately. So um, I wanted to, to record that because we are, we're seeing these fights in, in a lot of different legislatures. So like you said, you had to go in a, in a different direction. You decided it was not worth pursuing at the legislature. So uh, what did you do next? We started thinking Derek was, was very much involved in this. We had a company approaches, and then we had another company approaches, and the second one was uh, serious about wanting to do something. And, uh, and then that's when we began the negotiations of, of uh, talking about how we could conceivably make this work. And uh, it probably took six or seven months uh, you know, to work this out, we we had a uh, an investment, of course, in money where we had borrowed some money from Regions Bank, and then we uh, also had loaned ourselves some money. By the way, we we kept all of the funds separate between the power the, the power company was not subsidizing the telecom project, and uh, so that that created some bookkeeping challenges you know, in order to do that. But um, we owe ourselves about $8 million. As, as you probably know, Chris, when uh, Point Broadband uh, purchased us, it was 14.175 in cash. We owe regions about $13.5 million, which we paid them off. And then, uh, of course, we have a, um, an agreement with Point that beginning on the 25th month that they will begin... Uh, remitting three and a half percent of their gross uh, that's generated from the Opelika head in 
uh, back to the city of Opelika, and we think over a 10-year period that that should come very close, maybe even exceed the uh, $8 million that we still owe ourselves. Before you decided to sell it, it looked to me, I mean, I saw in an article that you had about 3,700 customers, about five in. To me, I'm guessing that's probably around 35% market share or close to it, given your population. That's right on path. So it didn't look to me like you were financially struggling in terms of even being limited in your service territory. I'm sure that that you were still, it was a, it was a headache and you still had to figure out how to keep expanding, but it didn't look to me like you were in trouble. We felt very good about what we were doing. i tell you one thing that we discovered, and it didn't take very long. In order for us to change our rate, we had to bring that to the Opelika City Council. We don't have a separate uh, power board or anything. Our governing body is the City Council. And if we wanted to change our rate packages, then not only did we have to bring it to the city council, but we had to notify 30 days in advance, uh, AT&T, Charter, uh, WOW, Dish Network, uh, DirecTV, that this was going to be an agenda item at the Opelika City Council meeting on whatever the date and time to give them an opportunity to attend and uh, voice whatever they wanted to voice. To cause trouble. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Of course, they don't They don't have to give us 30 days notice if they're going to do something. They just decide today that they're going to make a change and they do it tomorrow. But we didn't have that flexibility, which was a big handicap. Plus, we couldn't, we couldn't incentivize uh, salespeople uh, very easily or we couldn't incentivize customers because of how we're structured with the uh, city council and with uh, local laws. But yes, to answer your question, we... We were pleased where we were. We wanted, of course, uh, more customers, and all of us uh, promoted it uh, every day about being on OPS-1. And, uh, in fact, Joey Motley has OPS-1. I had it. I think most of the city council had it. A lot of city employees uh, had it because it was great service, and we had the absolute finest customer service that you can imagine because – you know, we're local people. We see these customers at church or uh, at different functions at the ballparks. In fact, uh, I had a friend tell me the other day that the customer service is not quite as good as it was uh, with Point as it was when we had it. But I, uh, I think Point has excellent customer service. But we were just uh, uh, we we really went above and beyond on serving our customers. And you have one of my favorite all-time quotes. I, I still use this in my presentations at times. When you, you I could just cue you, but you you would brag that when you called um, the local folks, uh, they spoke a certain language. And if you want to tell us what language that is, I'd appreciate it. Our folks spoke Southern, and uh, they were not in India or Bangladesh. Uh, they spoke Southern, and uh, and, and so. You could communicate. And let me tell you what, we were never going to put you on hold for 20 minutes. You'd have to go through 10 menus to get someone that could help you. And I think folks appreciate that. And I suspect that's true with with other providers that are in a similar position that we were in before we sold out in that day. You know, local customer service and the response rate. And, you know, Chris, if, if we had a problem and we couldn't help that, that customer by telephone, 
then we would not hesitate to roll a truck. And sometimes that meant rolling a truck on Saturday morning. Or we had one instance where a, an older couple liked to watch on Sunday morning through their computer at the time the First Baptist Church worship service, which was streaming uh, video. And they, they couldn't get it, tried to restore it on Saturday. We rolled a truck on Sunday morning, which required overtime for our technician. But you know what? We were able to uh, replace the uh, box, the ONT, on the side of their house, and they were able to watch that church service that morning. And, of course, they thought we were the greatest thing since sliced bread. Probably took us a, a few years to recover the cost of doing that, but that was a good example of the customer service. Yes, that, I think that's a very good example of the importance of of uh, that local customer service and appreciating people's the priorities they have in their lives. Um, you know, I'm curious if you can tell us anything else. Like, if if someone was to say to you, or if I was to say to you right now, was it worth? I mean, I, I am sure that you know Derek Lee's there in the background, director of Opelika Power Services. Uh, Joey Motley, the the city administrator. Um, in my experience, these networks do prove worth it, but in the they take a lot of out of people, you know, nights of stress, um, difficulty solving unexpected problems. Uh, was all of that worth going through over the years that you did it? Absolutely. We would, we would do it again. We would, of course, lessons learned. We would do a number of things differently, but yes, it absolutely was worth it. And it was great for our community. We were Alabama's first gig city much to the dismay of Huntsville, which uh, <laughs> right. I think they have the latest and greatest. And, and Huntsville is a great, great community and uh, really a shining star in Alabama when it comes to technology. But we probably beat Huntsville by a year. Uh, and they use Google to provide their gig of Internet service. We, we got a lot of uh, publicity out of that. And uh, we had folks that have moved to Opelika uh, especially those that telecommute from home, you know, they could be anywhere as long as they have reliable internet service. And they moved to Opelika because of the speed of the internet and the reliability of it. So yes, we, we would, we would do it again. And, uh, it's been a good thing for us. It was a great thing when we did it, we did it for the right reasons, for, we had the right motives. And then of course we sold it for the right reasons in that we were unable to compete because of the restrictions by the legislature and the fact that we were never going to be able to beat AT&T. They're just too big and they just have too much influence. And uh, try as Senator Watley might and as Representative Lovern might, we were never going to win that, that fight in the Alabama legislature. Well, I really appreciate this time. I want to make sure that I, I give you a chance. And, and also, if uh, Derek or Joey want to um, add anything to the conversation, but I, I really appreciate you sharing your experiences. I hope one day that, that all people, especially in Alabama and in Lee County, will have access to broadband and uh, reliable service, such as our citizens and business enjoy in Opelika. And absolutely, we would do it again. Um, differently and uh Derek Lee would be a, a great one if he if he ever retires from OPS he can be a great consultant 
on telling folks how best to do something like this. <laughs> right, having having lived through it, it's uh, the best experience you can have. Chris, we we appreciate your interest, and I would encourage uh, other municipalities that are that are doing this to uh, you know to keep it up. And uh, and we've had some naysayers that thought we undersold our product, but we think that we got a fair price for it. And uh, we think that Point Broadband is a great company and that they will be very successful, and then their success will mean mean something to us as we uh, recover our investment in this project. Good. Well, I, I wish you the best of luck, and uh, and I'm sure I'll, I'll check in, and I still hope to make it down there sometime. Um, I want to take my son on a, a, on a good tour, and since I know good folks in all these places, I want to swing through. So come, come down here. We'd love to have you, and listen, we'll, we'll love on you and your boy, and he may want to go to school at Auburn or at <laughs> Alabama. Yeah. Maybe. We'll see. Um, but I hope you all have a, have a wonderful holiday. And uh, thank you so much for all the time from all three of you. Thank you, Chris. That was Christopher with Mayor Gary Fuller from Opelika, Alabama, about the community's fiber optic network and their decision to privatize it. We have transcripts for this and other podcasts available at muninetworks.org slash broadbandbits. Email us at podcast at muninetworks.org with your ideas for the show. Follow Chris on Twitter. His handle is at CommunityNets. Follow MuniNetworks.org stories on Twitter. The handle is at MuniNetworks. Subscribe to this podcast and the other podcasts from ILSR, Building Local Power, and the Local Energy Rules podcast. You can access them anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also catch the latest important research from all of our initiatives if you subscribe to our monthly newsletter at ILSR.org. While you're there, please take a moment to donate. Your support in any amount helps keep us going. Thank you to Arnie Hughesby for the song, Warm Duck Shuffle, License to Creative Commons. This was episode 389 of the Community Broadband Bits podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>